Welcome back into my closet. I am your basic podcast host, and you are listening to the Center Kickers podcast. Oh, so the election happened, and the Republicans uh, were like a preteen spotting. No red wave, no red flood, no red tsunami. Uh, they got nothing. They, uh, I mean, they got something. They're going to probably uh, take the House. It's crazy that we're still talking about... Uh, election results. I mean, it's very strange to me that we can't get results in a couple days. Um, we're still waiting for results. There might be, you know, we might be officially finding out over the weekend about some of these governor races. Specifically, I think it's in Arizona. Like Carrie Lake is behind now, but supposedly she's going to take the lead again because uh, the counties that have yet to be counted are more conservative or whatever. So there's a lot of Republican hand-wringing because they were set up to absolutely destroy the Democrats uh, nationally and locally and everywhere because the the economy is questionable because, you know, culture war issues, if you think that's all that important. But mainly the economy is questionable, but then also abortion apparently had a big impact uh, as people thought it would and then they thought it wouldn't and then apparently it did because uh, apparently a lot of the uh, voter polls or whatever, when people are the, what do they call it, exit polls, um, a single women apparently and especially college-educated single women, uh, showed up in force and voted fairly unanimously in one direction, which was for Democrats. And, you know, I'm sure that abortion had a large part to do with that. Um, you can put those pieces together how you will. Um, leave you, I'm sure my, <laughs> whoever listens to this, is hopefully if you're going to listen to something about politics, you're engaged with it. So you could probably figure that out on your own. Anyways, uh, there's the reason... Uh, you know, I love Big Breaking Points fan, and they had uh, Kyle Kalinske on, um, obviously, since he's marrying Crystal Ball. But uh, he was on, and he gave what I think was the reason that uh, they probably won. Uh, at least it's the reason I'd like to think that the Democrats, they didn't win because they are going to lose the House, uh, but they're probably going to hold their ground in the Senate. And so you're going to have a split Congress, um, something that doesn't make me cry because, frankly, I, I wish the federal government could do less. Um I mean, it hurts. I mean, it, I mean, less as far as like, if you have all Republicans, you know, they're going to do some sort of voting or um, uh, crazy impeachments and all this other nonsense. They probably just bog down and do nothing this whole time, pass nothing unless they're, you know, trying to, you know, ban gay marriage or something, which is, you know, with a reason, a very good reason to hate Republicans because they say they're all for state rights and freedoms and everything like that. And then as soon as they get control, they try to moralize over everybody. So it's pretty annoying. But uh, Kyle Kalinske, sorry, I was getting distracted. <laughs> Kyle Kalinske on the Breaking Points show, the election night, uh, he made a great point in a defense of Biden, and I think it's worth listening to. So I'm going to play it. Hopefully they don't sue me. I'm going to put a link down in the description. But this is Kyle Kalinske on Breaking Points. And this is the reason uh, I, I hope this would be the reason I'd like to think that re- Democrats actually staved off the Republicans last night. It proves that if you materially deliver for the American people to any degree, even if it's just a little bit, they're like, Oh, thank God. Okay, I'll reward you. So let me make the case real quick. And I know this is an unpopular case. I agree that on politics, Biden is a zombie. He's half dead. Not good. But on policy, he's way better than I thought he would be. My, I mean, I had non-existent hopes when Biden's approval rating was 33% and he was doing nothing. I was like, this is what it's going to be like the rest of his time in office. And I'm going crazy over here. Then what do we get? 
Biden comes out and pardons we defenders. He pulls the troops out of Afghanistan. He does uh, an executive order that raised the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour, which impacts 300,000 workers who are federal contractors and federal employees. He has a pro-union NLRB, which has allowed this wave of unionization now to sweep the country. He's appointed anti-monopolist uh, Lena Khan to the FTC. She's currently blocking mergers. He does the CHIPS Act, which onshores 350,000 jobs. He does the PACT Act, which is health care for veterans exposed to toxic burn pits. He does gun reform, bipartisan gun reform, which includes money for uh, red flag laws, money for school security, money for uh, mental health treatment. He killed Zawahiri, the head of Al-Qaeda. We, you know, inflation's a big problem, but also at the same time, we do currently have low unemployment. Kataji Jam uh, Brown-Jackson is on the Supreme Court. And then probably most importantly, you have um, the IRA, which lowered prescription drug costs for seniors. Uh, it has a Made in America provision for clean energy technology. There's a 15% corporate minimum tax rate, a 1% tax on stock buybacks. Obamacare expansion now covers uh, 3 million more people. And, I mean, look, I only gave you, like, maybe half the list here. I can go on. But the fact of the matter is, I do think that people, when they get materially helped, they go... Okay, good. Now, that's all I want from you. So now I will reward you. I will go vote for your party. Joe Biden should hire you, Kyle. That's one of the most eloquent defenses I've heard of his presidency yet. Look. So, yeah, sorry for the text message in between there. But to me, those are actual reasons to vote for the Democratic Party, for Biden, for like, okay, hey, you're actually doing something. And this was my big gripe in the, my last episode when I was losing my shit about who I have to vote for, the choices I actually have in my state. I just want a government that's at least functioning. I don't, I prefer if it's more local than federal, but however, if you're going to empower local governments and local and the human, uh, the human beings around them, uh, and, uh, you know, the citizenry of the United States, if you're going to empower them through federal power and money and funding and things like that, um, that, then I, I it's hard for me to get, go against that too. Cause really it's, Essentially, you're just filling a bucket with tax money, and then where are you spending that money? And I think it's it's spent horribly. It's spent poorly. There's a lot of bloat, and so I want it to be more efficient. But that doesn't mean I don't want don't want it to exist at all. Um, you know, I think the extreme libertarian take is like, well, it was all coming straight from where you work, like from the corporation. Then uh, you empower them, then you can have a say there and be you know. Uh, and be democratically empowered within your place of business. But we obviously know that's uh, a very, a notion that most stockholders and CEOs are going to be very resistant to. So anyways, I feel like Kyle's on the ball there with that. Uh, I feel like, and that's the reason Republicans, uh, that's the reason that they lost. I think the Democrats didn't do as bad as they thought, uh, as, as even I thought. And, I honestly feel like it's, and the other part of this is it's clearly the Trump candidates. They had too many loons. People don't, I don't understand the Trump phenomenon anymore. I mean, I've said it before, and mainly I was, you know, uh, paraphrasing Sager from Breaking Points that the Republican Party is is the Trump Party. Uh, and that's because I think he's subsumed about 30%, uh, roughly a third of the Republicans, which you don't have a party anymore. You have a fractured party. The Democrats are more unified. Now, granted, some of the un some of the things they unify over concern me, and I think are ridiculous. But at the same time, um, they also have powerful message. If they can get back to being the old school Democrats, and not the old old school pre civil rights, but the old school pre uh, the Southern strategy by Nixon, and they can actually, you know, get back to empowering workers and unions and things along those lines, the Democrats 
could have some hegemony here because Trump's going to continue to split this party. The Republican Party is just they're kind of flailing and done for unless they can unify. And, but this, I wish they weren't as unified, but I wish the, the, the split wasn't Trump and the rest of them. I wish it was more interesting candidates, obviously, because... I mean, so let's get back to my local. I mean, I lost big time. I, this is, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. And maybe you're going to hate me. Maybe you're going to think I'm a piece of shit after this. So that's fine. But I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I voted Republican down the line. And that's not because I'm a Republican. It's not because I have a secret love for Trump. None of those things. It's because I know my state. I know my politics here in Washington. There was absolutely no shot. I don't care what the polls said that Patty Murray that, you know, and even the local, even my local, my state representatives here in state, I didn't think for one second that these people were pub running against them would win. I didn't think any, any Republican in a general election was going to beat the Democrat here in, in Washington state. We are so blue. We are such a one party state that I was essentially giving a protest vote. Now, granted, I would, would like to have given a protest vote voting for an independent or a centrist voice. I don't think any of these Republicans were that. But not, not a single one of them even came close to winning. I mean, not not in any mind. I haven't gone through the whole ballot yet. Maybe there's some somewhere within the state. I doubt it. But um, any all of the things that, all of the representatives that I had a say over, all the Democrats won handily. Handily. And it's like, okay, well, that's exactly what I expected to happen. So my protest vote for Republicans was just that, to say, hey, at least, you know, I want, I want them to be scared for their jobs. I want them to go, oh, maybe we need to change course. But of course, they don't have any incentive at all to do that now. None at all. They ran away with all the races and they can just keep doing whatever they're doing. And I, I was going off about crime and maybe you think I'm just was susceptible to all the, the ads. No, I'm susceptible to my actual lived experience. I wasn't basing my my fear and my my anger on that last episode based on commercials. OK, I was basing it on my lived experience. And I hope that came through in the episode. And, and hopefully you can believe me because I'm not I'm not just that swayable as far as like, oh, I saw a scary ad and uh, Patty Murray says she's a bad lady and blah, blah, blah. I don't you know, I like to think I. I can think a little bit deeper than that surface level nonsense. But regardless, they all got blown out. And so my protest vote wasn't even that much of a protest vote because it was even more, they won more sure handed than I thought they would. I was, like I said, I would hope, I was hoping that they would, they would be closer and that I would light the fire and then go, okay, we better do something a little bit different now. Maybe we need to try to fix, actually fix this homeless problem instead of just allowing open drug markets to, you know, ruin a beautiful city like Seattle. But why would they do that now? There's no, no reason for them to do that. None. <clears throat> so we'll see. I don't have much hope that the state's going to turn anything around whatsoever. But, um, but I, I, I guess back to, uh, the national story here. I mean, there's, it's very, and you can, I, I struggle with this myself as far as my protest vote. Trust me. I mean, I, I wasn't just voting in anger. I knew what I was getting myself into. I know that our parties disgustingly vote in blocks these days. So let's say I was just wrong, that my prediction was wrong. And like, um, Tiffany Smiley beats Patty Murray and goes to the U S Senate. Um, if there was a bill on the floor about banning contraception federally or something or restricting contraception federally, do I believe that Pat or that Tiffany Smiley would be a quote unquote Washington Republican where we are, you know, more blue. So essentially she's more of a purple Republican than a, than a dyed in the wool red Republican. 
do I think she's going to have a protest vote of her own or is she going to vote by, you know, via the, the party line, which is what they all do these days. And that's why these, these two or three seat leads and all this stuff in, in the Senate and the, and, and the house of rep and house, they matter because it's very rare that a Republican is going to vote against the party or a Democrat is going to vote, vote against the party. So if that, in this, um, presumed contraception ban that I'm coming up with, but I believe that Tiffany Smiley would go, no, my voters in Washington would not be for this kind of ban. So I'm not, I'm going to vote it down. No, I don't believe she would do that. I think she would vote for it. And so you can go, well, why the fuck would you vote for Tiffany Smiley then knowing that she would probably do that? It's because one, <laughs> I'm, I was confident, like 99.87% sure, <laughs> very specific, uh, percentage there for you, but sure that she wasn't going to win. And so is it worth the risk as a protest vote? Yeah, in my eyes it is because it's a pretty much a sure thing that she's not going to win. I was looking, like I said, at best I was going, well, maybe she'll be close. And that would, you know, maybe give Patty Murray a heart attack because she's going to freaking die in, in Congress. She's never getting voted out, folks. I mean, the fact that you can just get voted in and never leave, it's still very concerning to me. I mean, I just don't understand why people... One, I hate the fact that we have two choices. I'm going to get to more of that here because I just can't get off that topic. The fact that it comes down to the two freaking losers that I got to choose from. Uh, anyways, uh, so why would I, why is it worth the risk? Um, you know, when it's been shown, I mean, the, what was it? Kyle also said on that, on that breaking point show when he was bringing up, this is older news, but recently that the, the uh, they're trying to ban gay marriage and like or recognize gay marriage and like all of the Republicans in Congress voted it down like 150 something or 190 of them. I can't remember how many it was, but they all voted it down. And like, that's, that's not what I want. I mean, it's not, that's not, that's voting against their own principles as far as being free. Um, and so, yeah, did I have my protest vote? Yes. And maybe I regret it, but at the same time, it's like, it didn't come to anything. Patty's going back. Uh, all like I said, even in my own state, even all the votes that I, I cast, I lost. I lost across the board. In fact, I need to check on my. Um, <laughs> I need to check on my. Uh, what were the the ballot measures and see if any of those actually I voted the right way on those. Right by being a winner, I guess. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's frankly apologies. You know, it's gross to tell people who you voted for, but I'm just I'm just gonna be open and honest about it. I I play the game. I I use my democratic vote how I see fit, and I just wanted at least protest vote because I didn't really think anything was gonna come of it. So and like I said, it's the lack of choice. I mean, I was thinking about it. If I lived in another state, and in the previous election I had to vote for either Beto O'Rourke or Ted Cruz, in in Texas or when, when Beto was running for Senate. I mean, or for, frankly this time when he's running for governor against um, uh, Abbott in Texas. If that was my choice, I would be tearing my hair out. I mean, what two awful choices. I, I can't get over the fact that we keep getting just whittled down to these talking head, substances, substance-less, that's a fucking word, substance-less, substance-less, people these these fucking phonies these mannequins i just can't i can't with this i mean god damn give us more options uh yeah and then it's like herschel walker or and john fetterman the fact that these two people i mean different parties obviously walker running for senate in georgia which it looks like it's probably going to go to a runoff i haven't heard any new news on that but herschel walker and against uh, Raphael warnock in georgia 
Uh, I think that's going to go to a runoff. I think the vote's actually going to be next month in December. So that'll be kind of interesting. Um, I'm guessing that, wa I mean, there's going to be so much money spent on that freaking race, but I'm guessing, I'm thinking Warnock's going to pull that one out. I think Walker having the big vote day of, you know, I think it helps him to a degree, but I don't think he can win in a runoff, honestly. Um, it's just going to be more exposed. I don't know. It shouldn't, the national coverage of it shouldn't matter, but I don't know why I'm going off on this, but I was comparing, um, Herschel Walker to Fetterman. It's like, they're both unqualified. I mean, Herschel Walker hasn't had a stroke, but I would argue that he's probably got CTE problems. I'm not a doctor. This is not a diagnosis, but I just don't see the guy as credible. <clears throat> and frankly, if you're and much like Fetterman, you're going to send a guy who's had a stroke and can't speak to, to the Senate. Uh, I'm not saying he's not, he can't be lucid at times, but I mean, you're also dealing with a guy who he might just die. I mean, he might get there and have another stroke. I mean, that's generally a possibility. You have to be on watch and, and take care of your health. So you're sending Let's say we're always sending these half dead people to, to Congress. It's just uh, anyways. And once again, it's like if I would be pulling my hair out again, Fetterman or Mehmet Oz, those are your fucking choices in Pennsylvania. Gross. It's just so disgusting. Um, but you know, I guess I should, you know, maybe I need to, since I've been bad mouthing the left a lot, I recognize that maybe I need to dig in on the conservatives a little bit. I mean, here I was voting for Republicans down the line. So the idea that I'm some sort of centrist, you can go maybe totally in question for some people now. Um, and I, I appreciate that. I mean, skepticism is always a good thing and is always invited and welcome here at in the big centrist tent. Um, and as much as, um, as much as I actually engage with some of the conservative talking points, as far as cultural war issues, because I think the left is out to lunch with a lot of this stuff. I mean, I, I base my views mainly about what science and biology and all these other things have taught me about life. Um, you know, not that I'm a biologist by any stretch of the imagination, but at the same time, I, I think there's a, there is a hard reality and even that hard reality can be weird and hard to understand. And maybe you've actually seen fluid or that you can actually have a, a skepticism of it, um, that, you know, and there's been, uh, you know, as far as science itself, there's been replication issues with studies and, and experiments and all sorts of stuff like that, that this, that we should always be skeptical of. So if someone can prove something to me, uh, or disprove something that I believe that I've been t shown or taught before, I'm all open to it. I'm not set in my ways. Um, that being said, conservatives, you know, this Republican party, this, this evangelical, I don't know if how much of the MAGA movement is evangelical or not, but I certainly get a, a lot of religious taint from, from, from this party and the Trump wing of that party, even though Trump is not, not a uh, paragon of virtue or anything like that. But I have this, the conservatives, I mean, I'm basing a lot of this off Shapiro because, you know, he's he's kind of my conservative go to as far as because I don't listen to, to Tucker. I don't listen to many other conservatives. I think he Shapiro covers all of the basics as far as what you need to know about um conservatism in America, American conservatives. Um, 
and if and if it's not him, it's anybody at the Daily. I guess it's I guess that's probably a more fair critique. I, I listen to like everyone at the Daily Wire for the most part when they get to have their little get-togethers. I don't listen to any of their other podcasts, but at the same time, you know, they they cross paths and they'll come up and and you know I can question them or hear what they have to say. And I think that whole that whole Daily Wire crew is essentially your basic conservative. They're they're some of them are pro pro, pro Trump as far as just him winning but i think for the most part especially shapiro they're anti-trump uh they're more in the desantis type republican your basic republicans but i guess the, oh, sorry i'm beating around the bush here what i'm trying to get to is they have some views that i found i find problematic and untrue um and a lot of it oddly enough is based on uh, uh an, an atheist argument or, or excuse me it's it's based on some of the arguments I saw when like Hitchens was would be debating these religious figures uh, back in the early aughts and whatnot. And one thing I keep that keeps reminding me of those debates is this argument that conservatives have about society and how it it seems like society for them is always walking on like this knife's edge of survivability. And that and you know for the God. Um, the evangelical slash against atheist argument it's the teleo- teleological argument that that this fine-tuned universe was perfect just for us to survive and so that somehow is a proof of god and i feel like i feel like conservatives use that exact same argument for society like society would 100 percent fall apart if there wasn't a man and a woman being married and having kids and um it's yeah they just use the same argument and it's that if society is going to completely fall apart now, and I don't agree with that. I think there's all different ways of having a society as long as, um, yeah. And, and completely horrific ways, like, I don't know, like Gilead and, and, um, the handmaid's tale or something like that, or the empire and star Wars. I mean, you can arrange society in many different ways. And I feel like because they're so terrified that society is going to fall apart, if it's, if they don't, if everyone's not on board with their specific formula and the, the formula really is that it's man and woman getting married and having kids. And that's why they're against gay marriage because that's not the man and the woman. And it's somehow immoral because it's immoral and it will help. It'll lead to the degradation of society supposedly. <clears throat> and once again, I am not on board with that. I don't think that that is actually a reflection of reality. And I would, I mean, I just, I feel like human beings are more versatile than that. And not only that, they're, they're more, what is the word I'm looking for? It's an R word, not respondent. See, live action, brainstorming and thinking. Isn't this exciting? Resilient. Respondent. Yeah, uh, resilient. I, I think human beings can adapt. I mean, it's, and that's, that's a, they, they disprove themselves with their own arguments. I mean, even Shapiro has always talked about how we're going to adapt and overcome the issues with climate change, but somehow we, which is a monumental global task, but somehow we can't adapt enough to have two daddies or two mommies. I mean, that's just, I, I don't, I don't understand how you can say that and then not see that there's, you know, that you're refuting yourself when it comes to the home life. Because or somehow we're not going to be able to tackle climate change because society is going to fall apart because Billy's got two moms. I just I don't <laughs> I, I don't see it. Uh, I don't see that as Shapiro often likes to say that dog won't hunt. Um, I just feel like it, they are constantly exposing themselves and letting and letting their religion essentially bleed through everything they they want to do socially. And it's like, I'm sorry, we're not all your church. And, and this is my 
the centrist idea, I would say, for what freedom should be is you need clear lines as far as where your freedom ends and other people's freedoms begin. And if you're trying to put up a huge uh, <laughs> uh, Bible tent over everybody and say, no, you, you got to follow within these lines, then you're, you're really just evangelizing or, or proselytizing, excuse me, and trying to really create a religious state, which you can go, oh, no, 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 I don't want everyone to be Jewish. I don't want everyone to be Baptist. I don't want everyone to be Catholic. But you certainly want them all to be religious, and religions tend to... They tend to find, I mean, you can find all sorts of woke churches. I'm, I'm no, you know, no doubts about that. I see them here in Western Washington, but <clears throat> you can, um, but the generally the large portion of the religious population tends to be more conservative about these culture war issues and maybe rightfully so. I mean, they, they have a right to their belief and there is something to what they're saying, but it's their something isn't 100% true. And I just feel like because they are repulsed or scared by these things that they don't, they shouldn't have to be, or they shouldn't have the right to rule over anybody else. Um, most of their fears, yeah, I said, based on the family and they, they believe it's the man and the woman. It's all about hard work and it's all about your virtue and those things, you know, being a man and a woman, being married, having kids, working hard that, uh, you know, you learn virtue through that by by benefiting your community and being an upstanding member of society and being a part of your church and forming bonds. I mean, and like I said, those things in, in like a corny way are good. I mean, I don't, I'm not, would not be against any of that. My issue is you, you're free to do that, but don't tell everybody else that that's what they must do. Like I said, most of these culture war issues, they should be coming from the community. I don't like when anyone tries to cram down their view of what society should be from the top. This is another reason why I'm anti-federal government, really, is that I, I feel like these culture war issues are being legislated from the top, and they shouldn't be. Um, and then once again, it shows how hypocritic uh, the Republicans are when they overturn Roe v. Wade via the Dobbs decision and then immediately want some federal laws on abortion. That's like, no, you, you achieve the goal by kicking it back to the states. And frankly, if, if this kind of voter turnout for a midterm is the result of, of, of abortion, it's kind of proving my point. This is what I wanted. I wanted that decision to activate people. I wanted them to be active in our republic with their, with their votes. And, you know, I didn't care which way it went. Well, I did, but I mean, I, I wasn't going to get my way in this election period because there are no real centrist candidates. They're all lockstep party politics, party politicians. I mean, like, I don't think Patty Murray is going to vote against the Democratic Party. She's not a Joe Manchin by any stretch of the imagination. She's purely a Democratic operative, and she will be until she's until she dies. She's never leaving the Senate, folks. I mean, we're never voting that lady out. And I was at least hoping like, oh, Tiffany will come close. And that way, maybe the Republicans will run someone sane who has not been pictured with Trump. I mean, that's just that it was, I mean, that, that was the silver bullet to me. It wasn't anything about, well, I don't know, maybe part of, part of it was the abortion legislation. But when you're pictured with Trump up here, I mean, not even any, you know, centrist Democrats are going to vote for you. Not any even independents like myself who are, you know, are centrist or even lean a certain way. Trump is just a death knell. Like Trump is, has destroyed the Republican party, but he's not picking up independence. <coughs> Anyways, uh, I was getting distracted, <clears throat> but 
Yeah, I was getting right back. <laughs> I was getting right back into the politics. I was trying to focus on uh, how I think the Republicans are wrong about culture. Uh, <clears throat> uh, anyways, uh, and so uh, that's. <laughs> I guess that's just my my break with a lot of conservatives is, and it, I guess it calls it into question. Why would I vote for Tiffany Smiley when I think she's one of those people? When I think she would. I don't know how religious she was. She's generally steered away from that. But like I said, I think once she got into to office, would she legislate along with the the religious Southern re- Republicans from from all the uh, the Carolinas and Georgia and everywhere else? I mean, would she vote right lockstep with those people based on what they wanted to do around gay marriage and, contrace- and contraception and possibly war and things like that? Yeah, I think I think she would, and that's. I don't know. Not a good thing. Our politics is so crappy, but you know what? It was interesting. I mean, I was really uh, expecting a red wave and we got very little of that. Um, but like I said, nothing changed on my part. Patty Murray is going to be there 30 year incumbent in the Senate. And it's like the fact that you can't run against Patty Murray uh, more effectively just based on that. I mean, pointing out that she's, you know, overseen, you know, how many different uh, economic crashes uh, she's voting for the, for the Ukraine war and everything else. You know, part of the 08 crash, you know, Iraq, mis- misguided efforts in Afghanistan, endless war funding. I mean, you could have nailed Patty on all those very populist issues and, and she didn't. And so I don't, <laughs> once again, I, I feel like the whole Republican apparatus has given up on Washington, which is fine. I was like, I, but it's not like there's going to be some sort of independent surge here in Washington either, uh, which is very disheartening. <clears throat> uh, yeah. What else is in the news? I guess I don't know what else to say about the, the voting. I, I, still coming in, but yeah, it's going to be a very interesting lame duck session. Um I still foresee the Republicans gaining the House. I don't even know if they're going to get the Senate. I don't even know who's still waiting to declare. I mean, Trump Trump's going to run again. I think that's pretty obvious. He's already, you know, making it clear he's leaning in that direction, and he's already trying to fend off uh, Ron DeSantis, who had a, you know, <clears throat> who absolutely destroyed. Oh, yeah, I guess I could focus on the the, I mentioned Stacey Abrams last week. Well, she went down and actually conceded her election. Uh, these, these celebrity politicians, you know, she's not going anywhere though. Right. I mean, I think it's entirely possible that Biden runs again and he might change the ticket. I mean, maybe put Stacey Abrams up there as VP instead of Kamala or Kamala, whatever. Um, that would be weird. I mean, that would, that would essentially put, put Harris, the vice president out to pasture. I don't think she can re you can rebound from that. You're VP and then on a winning ticket. And then they decided to go a different direction. <laughs> We're here to need another black woman instead of you. Sorry, Kamala, you're out of here. Uh, I don't, I guess, I don't know. I don't Would that make her more popular as far as Stacey Abrams with the ticket be stronger? Cause, and really, yeah, cause there's nothing other than the things that Kyle pointed out to you that I opened with the top of the show there. This administration is, you got 70% of the country, somewhere around there, saying that, that the nation's going in the wrong direction. He's got an approval rating under 40%. His vice president's approval rating is lower than his. 
And yet somehow we feel like if he runs against Trump that he's, I mean, is it any, is it any clearer that nobody likes these politicians anymore? I mean, not that you should like a politician, but that we dislike them so much, but we still end up just voting for them because we're forced into it. I just feel like if there was a, a choice, like a, not a Ross Perot, but someone, someone who's just ran as an independent, that they would, they would break this system because everyone's historically unpopular. I can't think of a single politician that could run as president right now and get like, you know, 60% of the country on board with them. Hell, even 55% of the country on board with them. Um, <clears throat> and that's just tragic. I mean, but yeah, I don't know what to make of that. I just don't see that as being very healthy for a country. And has it always been this way? I mean, I always fall victim to that. Is is it is this just a continuation of the way things always have been in, in America? You know, I'm not historically adept enough to really know that, I guess. I mean, it, I know it's, it's always been contentious. I know it generally always comes down to two choices. I just feel like those choices were more contentious back then because you could see it going both ways. I mean, how radically different the parties are today is not reflective of how different they were in the past necessarily. I think there was some differences, but there was more, more cohesion between the parties. And these days, like I said, it's all lockstep and very strident blue and red. And I don't understand how is, if that's just a reflection of how jacked up our culture is. Um, if we're really fighting over, <clears throat> yeah, what are, um, I, I don't know what the Republicans, what their real, that's the thing is they didn't run on anything. Like, here's what I'm going to do when I get into office. They just sort of ran the most blase stuff. Like I'm going to somehow prevent crime. I mean, I didn't, wouldn't vote for Tiffany Smiley to prevent crime in Washington when she's a state Senator or a U.S. Senator, excuse me. Um, as she's supposed to be dealing with federal issues, not street crime here back, back in Washington. And so, yeah, I, I felt that those ads that she ran were pretty weak sauce against Patty Murray. It's like, well, <laughs> Patty Murray's a, a DC, you know, gremlin, you know, she's not somebody who's supposed to be here fighting crime. Now, granted, you go, well, she's <clears throat> was part of some sort of defund movement or things like that, but that's really local. That's all our, our, our King County prosecutor who is soft on crime and the King County council who's soft on crime and <clears throat> who are essentially just allowing open drug markets and homelessness all over the place. They say they clean them up. They're not really helping these people. I mean, it's winter here. I mean, and yeah, these people are going to be leading a miserable next couple of months and, you know, dying. I mean, these people die on the streets and that to me is, that's disgusting and unforgivable, but we keep electing these folks in like they're somehow, they know better or they got a plan, but really they're just moving money around billions of dollars we've spent on homelessness and it's not going away. They're going to keep spending. It's not going anywhere. They're going to keep raising taxes. They're going to keep trying to getting a state income tax here in Washington, even though it's in our state constitution that we'll never have one. Uh, they're going to keep trying, though. I just it, it, Once again, and that's, that's what drives everybody crazy. It's like, give me results. And I'm not seeing results. And, you know, as far as the point that Kyle made with all those things that Biden did, I mean, those are real economic uh, choices and moves that the government has made that'll help people. <clears throat> um, I mean, it's pretty limited, like all those federal employees getting a $15, uh, minimum wage. 
they're just federal employees though. It's like, that's not going to help the, all the service workers and stuff out here. And frankly, it's like, we need young men and, and women, young people need to be taking on more vocational jobs because those are the ones that pay. Who cares about a minimum wage? If you can learn an actual trade or a skill and make six, a healthy six figures, I just don't think Starbucks workers need to be making six figures. I mean, I want them to make a good latte and I certainly want them to be able to afford at least starter homes or even a modest mid-size house or a decent apartment in the city so they don't have to drive. But like I said, it's there's all different ways to, to, to form society. And I really feel like if Biden's doing anything right, it's maybe challenging some corporate power. Um, if that's really happening, I, I mean, I really don't see the guy as being some sort of left-wing revolutionary who's going to, who's going to empower the workers all the way, but he's just going to throw enough breadcrumbs out there that, you know, people keep pecking at him. And by that, I mean, voting for them. Um, but it's never going to be enough. It's something which is like, it's, it's hard to walk away from something, right? I mean, I guess I did. I voted for Republicans. <laughs> I listen, I fully understand anyone doubting my centrist bona fides right now. I get it. I, as your basic podcast host, I can make mistakes. I'm not saying I even made a mistake. I'm not going to, I'm not apologizing for what I did, but I certainly understand your skepticism at this point. So I don't know what I can do to warm, warm you guys back up to the idea that I'm truly a centrist. Uh, cause you know, it's just the podcast title, you know, it could be, uh, some sort of secret agent, <laughs> some, some, uh, Coke, Coke brothers, money fueled podcast here in my closet. Did that make any sense? It's been a weird week guys. It's, yeah, it's been staying up late, not getting my sleep. Um, issues with kids. God, don't have teenagers, uh, sit kids on top of that. I somehow avoided getting sick. I hope, I think. We'll see, <clears throat> but what else is there to say? Oh yeah, I guess I, I should go to the pandemic amnesty. I'll touch on that last. I, I had some pretty strong <clears throat> feelings about uh, the pandemic and coronavirus and all that stuff. Uh, if you listen back to the older episodes, you can hear me ranting and raving about those things. Um, <clears throat> This idea that we should be somehow forgive and forget, I guess, as far as uh, with all the hardline shutdowners and, you know, strict maskers and things like that, um, that we should forgive them. You know, my governor, Jay Inslee, just gave up his emergency powers and he's the last governor, I believe, to do so. Um, I, I generally it would be more. Uh, forgiving and forgetting with individuals, like in your communities, people in your life, I guess. Um, if, if that is, the, the, here's the caveat, if they are willing to at least, you know, apologize themselves, they go, okay, yeah, I was a little crazy or I was kind of wrong and oh, actually studying this, you know, I realized that, oh, that maybe that was, I was being strict for no reason. Um, I mean, I recalling now I was asked to put on a mask when I was at the mall, I think it was last year <clears throat> and when I was Christmas shopping and I, I just left, I was like, no, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to put a mask on. And he goes, well, you can't be in here. It was some store. I can't remember the story. He goes, we can't be in here without a mask. I'm like, okay. And I just left. I, I mean, would I forgive that guy? I mean, yeah, I'd forgive him because he's just, he, maybe he's an acting store policy or the weird part is, is you can easily fall into the, 
the uh, the camp where you think that you're doing something righteous and holy. You're right. You know that this is oh this I'm saving people's lives by telling this guy get out of here because you're not wearing a mask. <clears throat> but I would forgive that guy. I think it's a human weakness. And frankly, you can look at it the other way, saying, well, you're the asshole. Maybe you were spreading sickness and you hurt somebody. And I was in the same camp. I thought I was there was I wasn't doing anything wrong and I was doing it right. And there was no need to wear a mask. And especially when most of the people around me weren't wearing high quality masks. They were just wearing some cloth over their face, which we all know at this point, or at least we should, that that doesn't really do much, specifically with Delta and Omicron and all these other new variants, which are highly transmissible. So I have no problem for forgiving and forgetting the people who acted that way that are just around you in your life. But as far as people like Dr. Fauci, I'm a little more reluctant to be forgiving and forgetting with him. I honestly think that there's enough to go after that guy and really, frankly, I don't, I don't does he belong behind bars? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not sure he broke any laws. However, he certainly lied to the American people. Uh, I certainly would like a refund. I mean, he at one point, maybe he still is the highest paid government employee. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he earned that, frankly. <laughs> I, think, I think the, I don't know if I ever, uh, I think I did. I want to say I talked about the, the Congressional Dish episode where Rand Paul talked uh, with the scientists about gain-of-function research and stuff like that. I want to say I added that somewhere. I hope I did. If not, maybe I'll go back and see because it's worth listening to. But I definitely think they should investigate Fauci. He's not someone who deserves amnesty. He was a public figure. He was a government employee. And I don't think he was forthcoming with us. I think he lied to us. I think he was the the he was the fountain of ideas that led to a lot of harm for kids as far as school closures and things like that. And, and the other part, he was wildly inconsistent. He went back and forth on all sorts of different crap. I mean, there's plenty of... Uh, pundits out there who can you can go look up and you can hear they'll run montages of him going back and forth on everything from mass to school closures to what the cdc said to the who to his own uh, possible funding of of the labs that you know that that leaked this stuff to his emails that got leaked the guy is not a good actor um and i'm i mean <laughs> i don't mean that as uh strutting his stuff on the stage i just meant he's 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 a little nefarious in my eyes uh, I have no love loss for Dr. Fauci, and I don't, I don't believe he believe, deserves forgiveness. I think he should be paying back some of that taxpayer money, and uh, and probably retiring and and going away. He he deserves a little disgrace on his name, but people, people won't do that because he became a, some sort of political figurehead for this, you know, save the lives movement. <clears throat> when, as I said, and I still, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say I'm right about it. I mean, but I feel like everyone's getting COVID. It was always going to be that way. I mean, once we had the popular, the, the spread population spread, it was, it was unstoppable. I mean, you're seeing it in China. They're still trying to do COVID lockdowns in China. It's not working. It's, it can never work at scale like this. It's just, it's gone, especially as transmissible as this disease is. Uh, and it's out there in the world. I mean, if pets and everything else are carrying it, it's never going away. And the only thing I'm worried about now is a new strain of it that's more deadly. Um, because it's not that this one wasn't deadly. It certainly can damage the body. And if you're susceptible, I don't know why we're having a COVID conversation. I'll just stop right there. Ultimately, the <laughs> I mean, since it broke, what was that? 2020? 2020? God, is it, was it? Yeah, 2020. Since it really broke, March of 2020, around that time. I can't imagine how many different COVID conversations I've had. I mean, it has to be 
it has to be hundreds, I think. I mean, hundreds maybe? I don't, yeah, yeah, probably hundreds. At least 200 COVID conversations. Maybe 300. Who knows? I, I'm not keeping count. But anyways, <laughs> it has to have been a lot. And so we're still talking about it because of this amnesty idea. But I just, like I said, at the end, I try to say at the end of all my episodes, really just be kind. Just, you know, go with love, you know, go with a smile if you got to go, you know, and just be understand. Listen, listen more than you try to talk. Um, and don't just wait for your turn to talk, but truly listen to people. Try to get an understanding. Um, I really just think that's what the, the country is missing. I, I, our politics specifically, it's, it's trouble, man. I just don't, I'm worried about the, how many more times can we do this without something just breaking down? Um, fortunately, I guess I haven't seen any election denial stuff in this election so far. Uh, most people just conceded when they've lost, uh, which is, you know, what's supposed to happen this peaceful transfer of power and, you know, recognizing the power of democracy. And that's, I'm hoping that continues. Uh, I'm sure there'll be something that goes wrong at some point. I have to imagine. I can't imagine we're going to get away scot-free in this one, especially with Trump looming out there in the shadows. So, uh, yeah, I guess I was a little all over the place. I had to get one, uh, podcast out to responding to the election. I couldn't wait that long. Um, I mean, maybe I could have done more research and been more specific, but yes, I voted for Republicans. No, I am not some secret closeted, haha, conservative. Um, I have a lot of disagreements with conservatives. One I probably should start outlining more as far as, uh, especially their views on the economy. Um, and this whole, like I said, I'm very open somehow to the, I don't even know exactly what modern monetary theory is, but I do know that our money is made up and not based on anything. So... <laughs> So I always have this weird, like, well, who's going to come collect on American debt? We keep talking about this deficit, but isn't the deficit mainly to the American people that we're not paying in as much as the government's spending? Isn't that how that works? Is that totally simplistic? Maybe I need to read an economics book. Um, I have been, I've been reading, but it's nothing's been political or historical or cultural. It's all been mainly philosophy, a lot of stoic reading, and uh, actually the philosophy of Star Wars, if you want to get into that, which is, <laughs> I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. Um, they've, it's just kind of reading for enjoyment. The world's a little too crazy right now for me to try to dive too much into stuff uh, on point. I need a little escapism, uh, you know, get my keep my head right and healthy. But, you know, my I keep listening to all the political talk and uh, and I will filter it here for you guys try to give a centrist view of these things because that's where we're going to come together. Um, yeah. Yeah. A little low energy today. Anyways, I'm going to stop rambling. Uh, I'm sure this is getting boring. You guys have a good one. We'll talk to you soon, hopefully. And, uh, go with love. <laughs>